Hey folks, you're listening to the Sketch Sounds Podcast. Today's episode is with Chris Papas of El Bell. I met up with Chris in Los Feliz to talk about his latest full-length record, No Signal, which is out now via Little Record Company, as well as all the stuff he has in store for 2019. Big thanks to Figaro Bistro in Los Feliz. The wine was fantastic. I'm going to intro this one with his single, In the Garden, from No Signal. Solid record. Please give it a listen once you're done with this. Please welcome Chris Pappas.
three, two, one. And we're not live. We are <laughs> recording. <laughs> Pre- previously recorded. Yeah. In front of a live studio, uh, re- studio restaurant. <laughs> a bunch of curious onlookers. Yeah, they're like, Who the, who's that cool dude getting interviewed? <laughs> it's what you, it's, it's what, um, it's what you want to see, right? Yeah, or yeah, yeah. Or, how, or how you want to be seen, especially out here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what were we talking about before? We were talking about New Hampshire. Yeah. Yeah, yeah your yeah. small, small town. Growing up in the woods. Yeah. In New Hampshire. No no streetlights, which apparently really freaks people out. Uh, yeah. Driving down these windy roads, and it's like <laughs> just pitch pitch black. But, yeah. yeah, it's terrifying. <laughs> or that would be terrifying. Yeah, it was a good place to grow up, though, because, you know... Like I said, um, Manchester was like 20 minutes away, which is like a nor- it's like a your average New England city sort yeah. of place. And then an hour away is Boston. Mm. So like you kind of were able to get a lot of different feels. You know, you had the like I live in the woods sort of thing. And then you had the close nearby town and then you have Boston, which, mm. was, which was great. I've never been to or no, I, I stopped by. I stopped through Boston, going somewhere else. I can't remember where now, but it seemed like a cool town. Like I, I always hear good cool. things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very I, cool, and like it it's definitely has a very like you, the, all the great colleges there definitely rub, rub off on the culture. Uh, it's very intellectual, very well read, um, and the people there, you know, it, the, the the stereotypes of like the cold New England, mm-hmm. like the you know uh the angry I, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's sort of true it, but it's it's like this like it's just more no nonsense they're not like mean they just like are like can't get out of my way come on yeah come on let's go let's go here. <laughs> come on time is money you know so, so are people like bumping into each other on the streets and like does it get hostile does it uh no no i mean it's like um you know i think there's just the uh, like a real workhorse mentality of like mm. if you don't have blisters on your fingers by the end of the day you did something wrong <laughs> you know yeah you weren't um, working hard enough there's no life of leisure you gotta you gotta work and then if you're not working you're sleeping <laughs> so that sounds sounds tough yeah, yeah it's good if you you know i think it i think it instilled a lot of like work ethic in me it's good when you want to you know being a musician it's like you have to like self-motivate a lot you know yeah. like no one's like you know making a record is sort of kind of like you do it on your own schedule mm-hmm. and so if you don't have a strict schedule you'll never put it out yeah and so that new england mentality really like definitely like focused me i'm glad i'm glad i have a little bit of that in me but mm. you know being on the west coast now i've learned to like not be so uptight yeah. <laughs> and, and allow myself to also like live life. No, we are so different out here for sure. Um, yeah. I've heard, you know, countless comedians talk about exactly that. Um, the fact that we, uh, as Californians just don't give a shit about stuff that people on the East coast do, you know, yeah. we're very laid back. We're very just whatever yeah. about everything. Yeah. And uh, I don't know any different. Or I, you know, I, I knew a little bit. I, I learned a little bit in D.C., but, like, to grow up in that, to, yeah, to like, yeah. be raised in it, yeah, yeah, it's pretty interesting. 
like going home whenever I, I go home to visit my folks, like my dad is always just such a busybody, like micromanager, like, and, and um, you know, he still has, he, he was a biology teacher um, and then retired, but always had his like own uh, landscaping business he'd do in the summer. Right. And he's still out there. You know, uh, mowing lawns and raking leaves like he's <laughs> like oh, that's awesome. he's still doing it, <laughs> and he plays out a bunch. Um, he 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 was a, he is a musician as well, um, and so when I go home, uh, we do like a few shows together. Oh, like cool. I'll sit in with him. He does like covers, like uh, you know, he'll do like Paul Simon tunes, Cat uh, uh-huh. Stevens, uh, America stuff like that. Uh-huh. And I'll sit in with him, and it's just like. He's just always, always <laughs> running around, like always working. Mm. And it's definitely that New England stereotype for sure. We need that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We definitely need that out here. Yeah. I was talking to a, a musician friend too exa- about exactly that. He was saying that like, if you don't set a schedule, you know, you're not going to do it. Like there's so many times where he's sitting and like, he's like, I could be recording right now. Yeah. But I don't, I don't feel like it. Right, right. <laughs> but like weeks go by and you just didn't do yeah, it. Yeah, and then you know? all of a sudden the year's squandered and yeah. and you didn't really get to your to-do list. Yeah. And so yeah, I always I'm 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 a list maker. I make a lot of lists and it's just so important to like keep yourself motivated um, cuz again, it's like no one's really like I don't have to make a record. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> it's not like I'm like obligated to by some like like I don't have like a contractual obligation with my label to like deliver another record it's yeah. all self motivation it's it's like I've got something to say I've got to motivate myself to do it no one else is going to do it for me you mm. know so on that note no signal yes <laughs> yes <laughs> um I didn't review the whole album but I, I did do uh I mean I, I listened to it of course but um mm-hmm. I signed up to do uh, In the Garden. Yeah, the premiere. The premiere, yeah. 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 Uh, and it came at, like, such a right time, too. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, like, I went on a couple of good dates, and then, like, it didn't work out. And I'm like, fuck. And then, yeah. and then I was reviewing that song, and I'm like, dude, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the, it, it definitely struck a chord uh, with people. That song in particular, I think, um, I felt like I was able to really capture this like this like like nostalgia is not quite the word I'm looking for but just like this somber sadness but it like when you're sad but you don't really know why you're sad you know like that (laughs) weird melancholy of like and um and people really connected with it um and uh yeah that I think the record in general was uh, I, I'm, you know, I'm proud of it. Mm-hmm. It was, I think, it really. Um, I was able to capture what I wanted to, the feeling, the sounds, you know, because there's so much that goes into the record beyond just like making sure the parts are right or the, um, you know, uh, or that you sing on key. All those like uh, mm. things are sort of like, yeah, you 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 work hard to make sure it all does that, but. To capture feeling too, in it, um, it is I always find it's like really tricky mm-hmm. because like you can make the music technically perfect, mm-hmm. but that doesn't necessarily mean it's 
the, you recorded it the right way. Right. You know right. what I mean? Like it's it's hard. Like, did you capture the mood? Right. Or, right. You know, or did you just uh, play some music? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, is it te- like technically speaking, it's right, but for some reason, it's it, it you you can miss the point of mm. what you're trying to capture. Yeah. Um, I like the mistakes though. I like, um, yeah, totally. I, I like, I like when people make mistakes on record or not <clears> mistakes, <throat> I guess, but like little, I guess you would see it more live. Um, yeah. a string busts, uh, mm-hmm. you're hitting the wrong notes or something like that where mm-hmm. it just feels more sincere, you know? Yeah. 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 Well, it's like, it, it's, it's the philosophy of recording that I've sort of learned cause I used to really despise recording. Mm-hmm. I had a very antagonistic relationship with that process and, <laughs> um, <laughs> and what I, it, it was because I was going about it in the wrong way. I used to think recording was like this, um, like you have a song and you now need to create the perfect version of this song mm-hmm. to which all other versions will be judged. It's like the album version of a song. Right. And it felt like a very, that gave me a lot of anxiety. because. Mm. Like to try and do something perfect on tape is like it's really hard and and it felt claustrophobic to me and 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 it made me anxious and then I realized, wait, that's not what recording is that's not what you're trying to do. <laughs> what you're trying to do is capture the feeling of when you wrote the tune the, you're you're trying to capture that ineffable mm-hmm. vibe, so like the take like the best vocal take isn't necessarily the one that was the most in tune it's the one that has that ineffable like uh, feeling to it mm. like an, either an emotion or like you said like a, a happy accident or mm. something like that that captures like this time and place yeah and that's just such a cool like when you go into a recording that way it makes you more creative too because it opens you open yourself up to like not being worried about getting something perfect you're worried you're more um worried concerned with getting something um real and, right and 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 um it, you you getting something that feels like it was a once one in a million chance of happening right sort right. of you know uh-huh. it's like like it's almost like you couldn't replicate it if you tried mm-hmm. you know and that that stuff is cooler to me and it's why like you always just keep the tape rolling yeah you know so to speak um yeah because you never know what you're gonna catch right, right. there's gonna be right. yeah can you edit out that long pause, by the way? Speaking, <laughs> speaking of uh, uh, recording perfection, let's, let's trim that pause. I could trim it a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah, We'll get it in editing. <laughs> I haven't been editing these too much, actually. Yeah. I've been... I've been... Well, get ready. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> get ready, because yeah, there's yeah. going to be more long pauses. Yeah, as, as this wine gets down lower and lower, I'll be swearing a lot more. No. <laughs> you can if you want. <laughs> It's uh, it's not radio. Oh, that's right. That's right. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> um, did you ever see uh, a Headbangers Journey? That documentary no. on um, just metal. No. Ah, uh, it was so good. There was a a scene where this guy's interviewing. His name is Gall, and he's <laughs> a black metal musician in a band called uh, Gorgoroth, out of. Norway, I think Norway. What are they called? Gorgoroth. That's a great name. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Oh yeah, that that scene, that whole scene is pretty interesting. <laughs> and uh, they're sitting, 
in this, in this dude's wine cellar, just darkness, and he's got long hair, just looks like a Viking, and he's he's got his glass of wine. And they're like, so what does Gorgoroth? Uh, what are they? What are their influences? What are they? What are they uh, trying to say? You know, um, what's the message here? And he takes this the longest pause ever. It, it's like a solid fifteen seconds, <laughs> <laughs> and all he says is Satan. <laughs> and takes a sip of his wine and the the guy interviewing him is like um <laughs> like, it's like uh so what does satan like he's trying to work with that and yeah, he's like yeah. freedom yeah. <laughs> another long pause and he's drinking his wine and just uh didn't edit it out in fact like there were there was like a fan video where they extended this guy's pause by like 10 minutes <laughs> so on youtube it's just 10 minutes of this guy kind of swirling his wine and just staring ominously you know <laughs> i gotta look that up yeah. that's funny um what were your who were you listening to when you recorded uh, no signal um or do you um do you lock yourself in a box no i you know i actually find that i i, I um i like consuming like a lot of art while i'm while i'm writing and stuff like that i, mm. I do find it to be like and it's not always music sometimes i'll see a great movie mm. that'll inspire a song or like you know um and traveling um really sort of gets my writing juices flowing i guess mm. um so but specifically i don't know i mean i i've been i was listening to a lot of um like afro pop from like you know, like nineteen seventy-five to like the early eighties. Mm -hmm. um, I was DJing a bunch in that in, in that time, so I would try and find these like cool gems mm -hmm. from that time period. Um, uh, Guided by voices is always mm -hmm. like kind of a mainstay. Um, <laughs> which, the band with like the most albums of any band I've ever I, seen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that was sort of like my mission statement. It was like Brian, Brian Jonestown Massacre, who also like puts out a record, you know, every yeah. six months, uh, guided by voices. <clears throat> Those, I, I like that idea of just constantly putting out music and really? stuff like that. Yeah, I, 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 I think if I was to like analyze it, which I, I don't want to do too much <laughs> but <laughs> I think that maybe it's like um, there is an element of like when you put something out it's like okay here here's the thing I made mm. and then it's like well but also there's more coming yeah y you know what I mean there's almost like a security in that there's like a safe safety blanket to always feel like you know We'll just wait for this next thing. Yeah. And then it's like, as soon as you put it out, it's like... You're not making anybody, like, chew on it for too long. Yeah, 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 I guess. I, I don't know. But it, I, I think, though, you know, like, it just... I like I like prolific artists. I like... Um, I like that sort of feel. Um, and um, what else was I listening to? Um... I mean, for a record that's really synthy, like by far the synthiest thing I've ever done, I wasn't listening to a lot of like synth 
music, to mm. be honest. Um, um, I definitely, I felt more inspired by like, when going into No Signal, I had a very clear idea what I wanted it to say. I, I knew what I wanted to say. I knew it was going to be a political record. Mm. Um, I knew, and I knew what I wanted it to look like. I had gotten really into like that vaporwave aesthetic. Mm. Um, and, um, you know, just following all these things on Tumblr and mm. stuff like that of like the, and the, those like deep purples and pinks and stuff like that. For some reason I, I sort of became obsessed with. And, um, and so like when I think of no signal, like I feel like almost like the thing that comes to mind more is the aesthetic around it than yeah. the, you know, for, and, um, it was just fun to do that because I hadn't really ever approached a, a record like that before. Mm. Of and it just felt really fun to kind of see the whole um, album in a very like 360 way, like the, mm. the, the the way the record looked, the way the record sounded, the way the, it, it was all like very cohesive. Mm. Whereas like Wacko Gumbo was like recorded over a, a, a long span of time and. Mm. Um, and it, you know, it's a double record, so like it's it's got a lot of different sounds on there. Mm. Um, and then the album cover was very spur of the moment, mm. um, which was sort of the point. But um, this no signal felt more unified for sure, mm. and it was definitely kind of um, the 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 aesthetic in my mind mm. came was like very high up on the priority list or the inspiration list you know yeah the artwork was uh i i, I love that duo tone like uh, mm -hmm. look and you like and like you said the vapor wave uh kind of feel yeah especially in uh in the in the video for uh oh in the garden. yeah yeah your the way your sunglasses kind of reflected the light it was really um yeah, had that like retro feel. Yeah, yeah. And, and the in your your portrayal in, in the whole uh, in the whole video, you're just very like melodic and and but you seem silent. You know, you're not, right. you're not looking at the camera. You know, you know. Right, right. Yeah, yeah it yeah. was a it was a really interesting um, in, interesting take. Thanks, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah, that that I shot that video. Um, in my apartment actually oh really yeah yeah mm. um and then uh and then you know for the the video for uh real world mm. was that like animated like cyberpunk uh -huh. sort of thing which also fit in with the aesthetic and stuff like that so mm. i mean yeah that that was sort of the the main inspiration um behind no signal mm. for sure and you're working on yeah. This next one. Yep. Um, I've got. It's interesting. I've, I've kind of. I'm at a crossroads with it because there's a there's a recurring. I mean, I guess I'll characterize it as a problem. Mm. It might not be a problem, but there's a recurring problem that I have, and it always happens about three quarters of the way through a record mm. um, that that I'll be making that I need to make a decision on like. The, the it it almost has like a split personality mm -hmm. like parts of it are very synthy and like i i was listening to a lot of like hip-hop so like there's like a lot of like hip-hop beats in mm -hmm. it and stuff like that 
which was really fun to experiment with and add to like a add to this like garagey sound. I think it's really cool. And then there's some songs that are like more just straight ahead garage rock. And it mm. and it always happens at this point where it's like it feels like maybe I'm making two different records mm. and I should like s- s- distill them into like two unified sounds. Mm. But then sometimes I think it's like, no, that's kind of cool that you get a lot of different styles on like one record. I don't know. Right. I go back and forth. Or worst case scenario, even in that, uh, in that sense, not bad, um, getting an EP, another EP out of it, you know, right. out of I the second half. You've, you actually kind of called it, I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to split it into two EPs mm. and release one early this year oh. or like in the summer and then one in the fall mm, I, I think nice. yeah them that's again i can't i've reached the point where now i'm like i i always <laughs> i always say this i'm like what should i do with these collections of songs that don't totally mesh together but is that sort of what el bell is yeah. you know like maybe that's just my thing that mm. there's a lot of different looks on a record you know yeah um it's not necessarily a bad thing people like a lot of different kinds of music you know yeah it's yeah. like um, it's not, not bad at all yeah, uh, yeah. it makes more sense i guess if you if you were to split them up yeah otherwise you'd have to work on two records <laughs> right, <laughs> right, right. Like, yeah that sounds great but that sounds like a a lot of uh, a lot of headache a lot of work and mm. yeah you know We'll see, because yeah. there, it, there is. I, I've been kind of messing around with the, the track listing, and there's definitely like two distinct EPs there. Mm. That and it. I mean, sometimes I feel like in this day and age, it doesn't really even matter. Like people don't listen to a record straight through; they just pull the songs they like anyway. So mm. it's like, I do might you, be, do you listen to? Uh... No, I don't even like, and I don't even mean that pejoratively. I I don't think. I, I find that I don't I'm I'm never one to sort of spit against the wind, you know? Like yeah. I, I don't wanna be like that old grumpy dude that's like kids don't listen to records anymore. It's like, <laughs> come on, grandpa, like fucking yeah, yeah no one listens to radio and like yeah. you know, like little orphan annie on the radio anymore we have tvs and now it's like all, all streaming like yeah. it's like it's like times change it's like and like i don't think i think there's a lot of great music being made out there mm-hmm. so I, regardless of the format it comes in you know yeah and people are still making records i mean i i would say the last record that i listened to all the way through um was Kendrick Lamar's damn uh, and like that is a record like front to back there's an arc it builds its own like mythology as it's going I mean it's just phenomenal yeah. and that to me like yeah you can you can parse it out and like there's singles off of it that are like really cool mm-hmm. but like it rewards you if you listen to it straight through yeah. yeah yeah it's cool and some people will and some people won't but um I don't really I don't begrudge people who like just like pulling singles. I, this day and age, if anybody's listening to music, I'm I, I applaud them. <laughs> <laughs> like if anybody's listening to or reading a book or going to a museum, I don't care how you do it. Yeah. I'm just thank you that you're still doing it. 
Are you improving your cultural diet? Yeah, you know? exactly. It's like <laughs> we're really going to split hairs on like they're not listening track one to track ten in order. It's mm. like, geez. Yeah, like, I, I always do because it's what I've always done. Yeah. And yeah. that's why I do this. And it's great you know, too. I just, I just absorb it. You know, I, I it's like food, you know. Um, but I, I'm with you. I, I get that people will just, you know, pull the singles and ignore the rest or maybe even just listen to it once, hear the single a couple more times and then move on. Yeah. Some people do that too. Um, I'm okay with that. I, I feel like it's a, it's a bad habit for people in, in my position. Um, because I, I catch myself doing it all the time where I don't want to listen to a full record. Like, I don't have time for this. Yeah, like, yeah. You know. And a lot of times that means that you're listening to a bigger, like a, 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 a more artists. Right. Like, instead of listening to one artist for 45 minutes, you're listening to 40 of them. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. it, it, which is cool. Like, that, that's like pretty much, I, I like make playlists all the time mm-hmm. now. And it's like, um, I think that's fine too, however you want to do it. And like, I definitely still make records. Mm-hmm. So in my mind, I'm still making like a track order and I'm, and I'm purposely, but I wouldn't say that people who don't listen to it the way I intended it are doing it wrong. Right. You know what I mean? It's yeah. just like, I wouldn't begrudge anybody. Like I said, if you're listening to one of my songs, great. Awesome. <laughs> I, yeah. I am very appreciative okay. yeah. in this day and age. Like. <laughs> I just, I started slowly getting into, um, into Spotify. I, I never mm-hmm. really used it. Um, yeah. I have an iPod still and I just like, you know, <laughs> and I, I go on YouTube a lot. YouTube is surprisingly good for, uh, finding new stuff. Um, it is. Yeah. And, uh, but Spotify lately, it's just been on it for yeah. me anyway. Yeah, yeah. Um, getting those, into those recommendations that they do like your mm-hmm. your your playlist or whatever your weekly play discovered playlist yeah is on point yeah it really is like it's not a generic sort of thing like whatever their algorithm is mm-hmm. like i'll hear stuff that i've i won't even know of the band yeah and it'll be amazing mm-hmm. i'm like all right that's added to my playlist and yeah I'll go check out some of their other tunes and stuff like that like it, it's really no joke it's mm-hmm. really it's really good it, it it works out for me um, because I'll be listening to just a single artist on Spotify mm-hmm. and I just hit shuffle and it'll throw in, you know, uh, similar artists mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, every now and then. And usually it's like, I just wanted to hear this one, you know, I finally wanted to listen to this album, you know, yeah. and now they're throwing in different people and I'm like, damn it, but it's it's always good. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I, I hate to love it sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, they they introduced me to a lot of um, like fairly modern dark wave and like oh, kind of cool. gothy synthy stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, stuff that I didn't think existed anymore. <laughs> right, you know? right. Because I'm into that from like you know from from back in the day mm-hmm. um, in the early days of like 480 records and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are all these bands coming out now or around now English and German European of course I, I didn't see a lot of. Uh, yeah, a lot of uh, U.S. artists that were onto this, but like, yeah. I'm like, great! This is so cool. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm glad it's still around. I'm glad people are just morose and you <laughs> really know, sad playing, playing this dark, <laughs> dark music. You know? Yeah, <laughs> mumbling with fuzzy bass. Oh, I love it. That's cool. Yeah. 
Um, who who uh, who do you like increasingly as time goes by? Like, uh, who's an artist that just gets better with time, that ages well? Ma'am. That's a great question. Satan. No, I'm just <laughs> um, you know, I, I often find that um, there was a lot of artists that I missed, mm. you know, like that these like, I mean, like literally like, you know, somebody like David Bowie, for example. Right. Like I didn't get into Bowie until like maybe three years ago. Oh, wow. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like there were like certain key artists that like I just did not catch on to for whatever reason. Like especially like growing up, my dad was more into like folk music. Mm. So he didn't really get in on that like glam rock and roll stuff you yeah. know so no roxy music for you then. exactly <laughs> like i missed all of that stuff so mm. um so a lot of it's like catching up on stuff that i i feel like i i, I missed out on mm -hmm. you know and it's you know there's a reason why these artists stayed around you know there, yeah. there's um i think um Man, repeat listenings of like the first few Genesis records, like oh, when they were like real proggy and with Peter Gabriel, mm -hmm. like those just seem to get better and better with age. Um, I like that. I never thought of that. Um, I have a lot of friends, like prog musicians, especially who just love Genesis drummers, especially. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm like, Genesis? Yeah, I never got into him. Oh, you know, yeah. like I, I never connected with him. Yeah. My friend uh, Mike and uh, I have two friends who are huge Genesis fans, and they definitely um, got me into them more recently. You know, like this is, you know, over the past five years or something like that. Right. Um, but um, yeah, those just keep getting better with repeating, repeated listenings. Mm -hmm. Um, you said guided by voices too, right? Yeah, I mean that's always a mainstay for me. Like, yeah, like B thousand. Just every time I listen to it, just more stuff jumps out at me. Mm -hmm. um, Daniel Johnston's another big one for me. Daniel Johnston. Love Daniel. Johnston. <laughs> I've seen him in concert about like five times. I'd say. Oh, yeah, yeah. that's an interesting choice. Yeah. yeah, he's he's just yeah he's he's a big influence for me um david bazan pedro the lion that, that's, oh, a, big, that's yeah. a big one for me too um a lot of his stuff is just uh those first couple pedro records control is like a great great one mm -hmm. that just it always every time i pop it on i'm like yeah mm. you know to me that's that's one of those bands that i overlooked mm -hmm. and only recently like had heard them uh, he's got put, a new record coming out. Yeah. So he's been kind of in the in the blog sphere for a little bit now. Yeah, exactly. I think he's coming to L.A. actually in February. Oh, nice. At the uh, Lodge Room. I like that place. Yeah, me too. I only went once. I saw Azure Ray there. and um, Oh. Who else was it? I think I was at that show with Where Whisper Town. Was, was it Whisper Town? Yeah, Azure Ray. Uh, and The Elected, right? The Elected. I was yeah. like, yeah, Blake Sennett was there. Why? I can't remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was at that show. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's that my buddy Mike, who plays with the elected. He's the one that got me into Genesis. Oh, no shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's um, funny. Yeah, was, that was a great show. Yeah, I hadn't seen any of them since high school. So, like, I, I was yeah, like, yeah. fuck yeah, I'm going to go check them out, you yeah. know? <laughs> yeah, Azure Ray's working on another one. They're one of those that, like, I I got into for a little bit, and then, I I don't know, I took a step yeah. back for whatever reason. Yeah. You know? But, um... Yeah, I like uh, I like going because I don't. I hate when people say they have um, like guilty pleasures because mm. like just listen to what you're you know listen to what you like. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I have all these th- like I feel guilty about not liking certain bands. Right. You know. Yeah, like, I have a few iconic bands. Yeah, like I don't like you too. Oh, I, you shouldn't feel guilty about that. <laughs> you two might be the most overrated band in history. I'm glad of you the world. said that. It makes yeah, me feel yeah, bad. Because yeah, yeah. I always feel bad about it. Like, no. You know, I, Joshua Tree is a good album, you know? Yeah, it's like. Octoon Baby is a good album. <laughs> Fine. They're, you they're, know? they're okay records. Sure. Yeah. yeah. I don't feel. I, I relinquish your. <laughs> that one. Who's one for you? Um. A band that has a heap of praise that I feel like is unjustified, <laughs> um, or a Man. band I feel guilty about not liking. You mean? Uh, a, a, one that you feel guilty about not liking. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Um, I guess the mm, the kind I guess of I those feel, could be the same. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't feel guilty about not liking anybody because, like you said, it, your taste is your taste. But there's definitely bands that I don't really like that other people like and it's 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 sort of like the like yeah i could see where somebody likes them Mm -hmm. but it's just i don't know i can't get into it yeah um one of those beck is one of those for me that i think he does really cool stuff and when people are like he's really good i'm like yeah he is isn't he Mm -hmm. but i can't when I put on his music, I don't put on his music. Yeah. I just, I, there's Can't something about it. Yeah. <laughs> um, a couple of my friends, um, like Sea Change, is like mm. a monumental record for them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just can't emotionally connect with it for some reason. Maybe I should revisit it. Oh, that's, you know? like, that's like an ultimate breakup album, too. Yeah, it, totally. Totally. Yeah. yeah. Maybe I'll, it, I feel like a lot of it's the production. Um, it's just maybe a little too clean. For me, I guess it's pretty smooth. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I should, I should revisit it. But it's like one of those things where, like, I don't, I don't think he's bad at all. Like, I can, if somebody was like, "Beck is awesome," I'm like, "Cool, yeah." I could see where somebody would say that, mm-hmm. but I just can't get also, into it. Also, I don't it. know any diehard fans of Beck. I don't know if you yeah, do. But, no, yeah, no, I guess I don't. He put out that last one, and uh, what was it called? Colors. And it was good. Yeah. yeah, and I was just like, yeah, yeah. it's Beck. Yeah, it's like yeah, that's, yeah. An, that's another Beck album. Yeah, it sounds yeah, yeah. good. I listen to it a couple of times. Yeah, if it comes on the shuffle, I don't, you know, I don't immediately hit next. Yeah. Right, right, right. <laughs> um, I'm wondering if there's another like. I feel like I don't like Bob Dylan as much as I should. I think <laughs> I think people would scold me on that one too. Yeah, because Bob I'm Dylan not... fans are fans. Yeah, like. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. It's, uh, yeah, I'm sure that a, a bunch of my mu- music friends would give me a stern talking to about <laughs> how little I know about Bob Dylan and his, his music. He has so much, though. Like, yeah, he does. He he's does. one of those that, like, if I were to get into Guided by Voices. Right. It's like, know, where do you start? 
you I, need a tour guide. Yeah. Um, I want to start at the on the first one, but yeah, you know, but it's not that easy. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, um, surprisingly, um, the um, there's a, a greatest hits, greatest you know hits in quotation or whatever, yeah. <laughs> the best of guided by voices, and it's surprisingly well curated. Oh, like it's not one of those like. Like it, it's actually a really great place to start. Uh-huh. Um, it's called um, what is it? It's like amusement at half price. It's something like that. It has like a wizard on the cover. <laughs> I forget. If you look it up, it's like the best guided by voices. Yeah. It starts off with a salty salute and like it's really well done and like even like diehard fans like will put it on. Like it's really a great like. Almost like mixtape. Yeah, you would make a friend. You know. Nice. Yeah, that's good to know. Yeah, because so. I'll do that with like classic rock bands. Yeah, where like I just I get their greatest hits and I'm like, you know, if yeah. the, if there's something in here, I'll 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 explore it further. But um, yeah, usually the greatest hits is like enough. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but as far as other, uh, I don't know. I don't I don't harbor too much guilt about hating things. <laughs> I feel like I'm really good at it. <laughs> who's uh, who's too hyped nowadays? Oh my god! I, I, I mean, who isn't? But, yeah, you know, right. Who specifically? Yeah, yeah. I don't know, man. I, I I don't really. I used to be all full of like piss and vinegar about mainstream music and mm. like the band sucks, and it's like <laughs> it's just like. You know, like, like, I don't give a fuck what like Imagine Dragons does or whatever. Anymore. You know, it's like <laughs> you know, I've given. Funny. It, I was thinking about them right now. I mean, it's so <laughs> obvious that they're like, they're like such corporate dumb dumb rock. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, it's almost like algorithmic music to like sell whatever. Yeah. Bullshit. But it's like, <laughs> it just seems so. Um, boring to point that out right you know it's like it's like oh hot take coming in like it's not even it's not it's even, not even in my life yeah like, <laughs> I, I couldn't i couldn't even hum you an imagine dragon song i couldn't either, i actually, have yeah. no like you know like i, I they just, don't stick they don't stick like yeah. i know i've heard them because i mean i can i kind of know what they sound like i yeah. can picture them i know that the guy flies around banging a drum like like peter pan or some shit you know it's just like but it's just so i mean i'd rather just talk about myself to be honest (laughs) and how much i hate myself like that's the real story here let's not bury the lead i hate myself as much as them You think a healthy level of self-deprecation is... Uh, oh, yeah. Or there is a healthy level of self-deprecation? Oh, for sure. Yeah. For sure. For sure. For sure. Yeah. I mean... It keeps you honest, I think. Yeah, and it you keeps, gotta be uh, at least skeptical of what you're, what you're doing. Yeah. And what you're saying. And, like, sometimes I feel like I can go a little too far. And it kind of... I feel like sometimes... Even with, like, interviews like this sometimes, like, I'll... As I'm talking, I'll be like, you are so full of shit. What are you even saying right now? And it'll cause me to like hold back or like, and then I come off really like boring. Um, You know what I mean? I'll come off very vanilla. Like, 
I won't really. You catch your. Are you censoring yourself? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'll be like, no one wants to hear your take on this dumb thing. (laughs) And I'll like be like, but they do. And I'll give like a very canned like, yeah, the album process was really satisfying. Yeah, it's like okay, dude, real cool interview you gave. You know, it's like so sometimes too much self-deprecation can like you can kind of get in your own way. You know. Yeah. And I've definitely like especially writing music mm. that's a, that's a battle i've had to like fight a few, a few times mm. of like like not critiquing yourself to death using using critique as an honest way to like make yourself better mm. is one thing using critique to and uh, and paralyzing yourself with it is not good you know mm. and i definitely could could fall into that latter category. Mm. Um, well, it, it sharpens your everything. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it it definitely does. Yeah. Um, it keeps you on your toes. Yeah, and it just makes you. I think, out even outside of like the creative realm, I, I don't think people. People are so afraid to. Not know something. <laughs> you know, like yeah. it's like with social media it's like open mic night at camp dum dum you know it's like everybody feels like they have to have an opinion on yeah. everything uh-huh. like everybody's like their own talk show host yeah and like there's like this weird element of like so what do you think about um the uh interest rates going up um because of the, and you can go i don't know yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not an economist. I don't know enough about this yeah. to have an informed opinion. Mm. And that's okay. Yeah. But no one says that. No one. I think people feel guilty for, like, we're in the age of information, right? Like, So everybody needs to know everything. Yeah. So if you don't know something, it's like you weren't paying attention. Why right. weren't you paying attention? You right, know? right, right. But also, like you said, you don't have to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're and not like, obligated to know anything. And that, I think that that, that is a more insidious element in our society because it it permeates everything like I think you like this stupid anti-vax movement (laughs) the anti-vaxxers are all these like moms sitting home on Facebook doing 10 minutes of research and not trusting the mountains the decade science scientists have put into actually knowing about something and they're like I know as much as them because I did 10 minutes of research it's like not understanding like <laughs> they put mercury in the shots what yeah, yeah that yeah. sounds that sounds evil yeah <laughs> it's just like it's just like you're not an expert on it yeah you're not an expert on somebody who's spent their entire lives dedicated to a science and dedicating their lives to like doing something and mm. then you look on facebook for 10 minutes and then make up your mind that you know better yeah like the arrogance and, oh, of shit, that you have kids too yeah yeah <laughs> Ugh, i know right <laughs> not for long they don't yeah <laughs> For a couple of years, yeah, yeah. <laughs> in intensive care. <laughs> All right, <laughs> you liked that joke, didn't you? I saw you laugh. <laughs> I'm gonna go listen to Blood on the Tracks as soon as I get home. I promise. <laughs> he, he he does have his albums. Yeah, he yeah. does have his albums. <laughs> she, uh, she liked that joke. Yeah, the anti-vaxxer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She liked that one. 
did you ever see that there was a meme going around saying like it was just a list of like uh, if I were to uh, take mercury and and uranium and whatever the hell like and mix them all together and put them in in uh, in a shot to give to my kid I would be arrested why is it okay when the doctors do it? I'm like, because they're doctors. Yeah, and it's not that people don't understand the difference between the chemical compounds. Like, yeah, it's you like know what those things do to each other, like when they're connect, you know, when they're mixed up. Like, yeah, and it's not the same type of mercury. It's like not the mercury in like old timey thermometers. Yeah, it's a different type. It's like people. It's like that quote, like. A, a little bit of knowledge is a dangerous thing. You know, they know just enough to be uninformed but opinionated. Yeah. And it's yeah. such a dangerous degree of knowledge. Right. You know? Because <laughs> it's not. It, it's not uh, enough. It's, not, it's nothing. It's not enough. And we don't trust experts anymore. And it's like... That terrifies me. Because I'm like, who who's going to build this? Who's going to rebuild this if it all hits the fan? Yeah. And the experts are dead. Yeah. Like no, nobody knows how to do this stuff. I think that I think uh, I think the kids are all right though. I I, uh, <laughs> I mean I've personally given up on the human race, but I feel like we've had a good run. We've had a good go at it. Yeah. But you know I'm still hopeful. I do find moments of hope. Yeah. Um, you know. So <laughs> every now and then. Every now and again, then. something nice will happen. I'll be like, oh, all right, maybe we will make it. Yeah. <laughs> I started following uh, on Facebook. Excuse me, could I have another glass of wine? Great. Um, I started following just like this wholesome uh, meme page. I forgot what it's called. It's like Facebook family or something like that. And right. it's just it's just good stories yeah. of like good things that happen. Like a, an old man fell in the street and somebody picked him up before a car came. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like, you know, and then he bought him dinner or something like that. Yeah, just, yeah, yeah. These little feel good stories. I'm like, oh, yeah, I need yeah. that because I just, See this horrible stuff all the time. And I'm inundated. totally guilty of like reposting it too. Like, yeah, if yeah. it's a funny, fucked up, nihilistic meme, you know, then yeah, I'm posting it. I um, I got scolded uh, by my girlfriend about um, you know, having Twitter fights with you know Trump people and uh, shit like that. And yeah. it, because it what the way it works is that it, it, it brings their tweets the more people talk about it mm -hmm. the more it's the algorithm like pushes those tweets to the top so it's like yeah. it's like I refuse to retweet even if it's like I'm like you're a dumb dumb or whatever to one of Trump's tweets like you shouldn't retweet him you shouldn't give him that amplifier and he's already got a loud enough bullhorn yeah and it's like I, I, everybody we know he's awful like yeah just how about we try and ignore him for a little bit maybe or something i don't maybe he'll go away he hates that yeah yeah exactly he really does and he's like that he's like an end result of like a very weird like like i feel like the same way that like the economy crashed we're, we're approaching like this culture crash uh -huh. where it's like There, there's no, there's like the 1% in the economy and then there's like everybody else and there's no like middle class anymore. Mm. And I kind of feel like that's happening. Thank you so much. Thank you. Um, here, I'll do this. Aha. Thank you. <laughs> this guy whines. Um, 
that there's kind of like no middle class in like art and culture anymore either. It's either like stadium rock, yeah, which is the, like the one percent, mm-hmm. and then like bands that like probably one of our favorite bands still needs to like get a day job when they're done touring. Mm. You know, it's yeah. like, and I, I don't know, I don't know because I, you know, I'm growing up in this time. So, but I feel like it was different before. Like I feel like there was more of a middle ground like i yeah i don't know well we've it, we've we've been polarized in so many ways so it's hard to see like oh yeah we used to be we used to get along and we used to you know music used to be maybe that's not even the case actually cuz i used to think of like i'm not a musician myself but mm-hmm. so like when i was high school i I thought, and where I was really getting into my own, you know, um, my own preferences for music, mm-hmm. um, I just thought it was the magic, you know, it's just yeah. magic to me. Yeah. And uh, I didn't even think that, yeah, a lot of these guys have day jobs. A lot of these, you know, a lot of these people do other things, their parents, and they, you know, they tour sometimes. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I didn't, and that's one of those things that I didn't even think about, and maybe that's always been the case. Yeah, like you were saying. Yeah, I, it seems to me that that it, it, it's sort of mirroring the way the economy is going. Where like, mm-hmm. you know, when when my parents bought their first house, for mm-hmm. example, mm-hmm. Um, it was like, you know, they were both teachers, mm-hmm. so like their income, you took their income and you took their first house purchase mm-hmm. and like just created a ratio. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're not even talking like dollars and cents. We're talking like just strictly a number, like a ratio. Mm-hmm. That ratio has gotten wider and wider. Right. So it's not even like, oh, well, yeah, of course they bought their first house for 70 grand. Yeah. It's like, well, yeah, real estate's gone up. And it's like, yes, but wages haven't. Yeah. So it's creating this gap. Yeah. Right. And I feel like the same thing is happening in art, art and culture. Like there's this gap where like, the things that are getting funded, it's harder to make stuff and it's mm. harder to make the, make things that are sustainable. Yeah. It seems like, like in order to have any sort, like the only money I've ever really made in music is when it's on like a TV commercial. Mm. So it's like advertising. Yeah. Is that, well, but people like it, and then they buy your album, right? Yeah, but records, I, that's the goal anyway. Yeah, but yeah. Re- with all these free streaming services, mm. people aren't really. That's not happening anymore. Maybe like vinyl. There's obviously a small market for that, mm. which is great or whatever. But it it just seems like there there is this sort of um, um, parallel mm-hmm. to what's happening with the economy as like these rich get richer and. The poor aren't able to change their lot in life. You know, it's sort of, um, and I feel like that's going to crash. Like, we're eventually going to run out of comic book movies and reboots. (laughs) And then when that happens, what movies are there going to be? It's going to crash. There's going to be some sort of, like like housing market crash but culturally yeah you know like there's i'm sure on the pop end it would be like that but uh lower level stuff you know the the more obscure things i think people are still going to make some creative things oh but like they've sure. been they've been for revamping sure. comic book movies forever right like uh i think you could argue that 
they lost it 10 years ago, you know? Yeah, I mean, I think um, the it's always been the case that like people on the fringe have been making the most creative stuff right. by nature of, you know, the, it, I guess what it comes down to is that risk isn't being rewarded as much maybe as it, as yeah. it used to be. Like reboots are being funded because they're low risk. Mm. Comic book movies, like all these things, brands that have already have a name established. Mm -hmm. So it's very low risk. And like, it's the same with, you know, a lot of record companies, they want low risk, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. And it just seems like, risk isn't rewarded as much as it used to be right right um and and similarly like you know like like i was saying like back in the day like in in the baby boomer generation like you could get like a small business loan and like and um there was more of a um people weren't afraid to invest Mm -hmm. in 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 um like these sort of riskier ventures it seems mm -hmm. and now it's like everybody's tightening their grip i always wondered like maybe is it technology do you think maybe it's technology everything's getting easier to do i don't know because because that's the whole thing right it's like so the conventional wisdom is that like if we're speaking strictly about music say mm -hmm. it's like the conventional wisdom is that well record companies are aren't taking risks because records aren't selling anymore right well somebody's making money <laughs> where is it going then yeah like what like <laughs> you know like atlantic records or what like warner brothers isn't going out of business yeah they Why must not? be making money somewhere do they own venues uh, Do any labels own venues? I don't know. I'm sure that there's some sort of clear channel. Mm. You know, and it's consolidation. There was an act in 19 in the early 90s. There was a um, I forget I forget the name of the bill, but a bill passed, mm. basically allowing Clear Channel to buy up radio stations across the country and, and uh. consolidate uh -huh. basically. And that was sort of the end of an era. Or, or the beginning of the end, if you want to call it like mm. that. Um, it was like the communications bill or something. But it, it, it passed in, like, I think, 93. Mm. It was like the early 90s. And it essentially, it's sort of like the net neutrality fight now. Right. It sort of paved the way for Clear Channel to go into all these small markets. I remember growing up in, like I said, in New Hampshire, we had, like, WBCN and, like, FNX, mm. which were, like, these rock stations that all changed format and Clear Channel moved in and 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 then it became like pay to play and like mm. then it was like you know it really um, was sort of the beginning of the end of like the top 1% kind of consolidating their power yeah you know yeah there's so no it, more small town yeah, radio yeah, stations yeah, yeah. and the internet i see I know that a lot of artists struggle with the idea of like when the internet happened, mm. everybody could get your music for free and stuff right. like that. And I was like, well, 
what was the alternative? Like <laughs> having to go through these massive gatekeepers and like not get your record out at all. Right. Like I almost like I, I almost feel like it's like it's okay. Do you, you want to say hello? Hi. Hi. Sorry, I, I actually feel bad. You're going to have to listen to me talk bullshit for like 20 more minutes. I'm sorry. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yours is probably much more interesting. I swear. Um, but, but, you know, they, they, I, I, sometimes I think that like, I wish nobody made, I wish making money off of art was illegal. Then only the artists would do it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, not that I want all my artist friends to live in poverty, but it's like, there, there is something to be said of like, I don't want money to ever get in the way of pe people being able to listen to my music, people being able to enjoy it, and also it being a consideration of why I make it. Right. And I think, um, you know, am I happy when a song gets licensed and I can pay rent with my music? Of course. Yeah. Like, I'm not trying to be like some cool punk rocker dude right now. Yeah. <laughs> but I think philosophically, they're, 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 it's a very fine line to walk when you start to mix art and commerce, especially, like I said, where the, that we've been going slowly down that road of, of, um, really like the top is really consolidated and really like a kind of a well-oiled machine yeah and then everybody else kind of gets like the the scraps that are left over you know it's oh, like is it, like is it that bleak it's it's bleak if you aspire to play the super bowl halftime show yeah <laughs> like yeah. maroon five incorporated is gonna do it which is just basically a pepsi advertisement it's like they've stopped making music like i don't i like i forgot who it was that called him out um did you hear about that adam levine was like uh, they asked him about like the state of rock and roll or something like that and he's like you know there's nothing really good anymore i you know if it's out there i'm not hearing it or something and and uh, I forgot who called them out. They just said, shut the fuck up. You're not even listening to music, if, that, if that's what you think. Like, yeah. You're just not paying attention. You're so disconnected from the rest of the world. That, yeah. yeah, yeah. I could think of, yeah, there's so much good music being made. But I, I, the funniest quote about him I heard, it was this writer. Uh, she wrote for Jezebel when, uh, um, and... She called him a tribal tattoo come to life, <laughs> which I thought was just, I was dying laughing when I re read that. <laughs> That's great. It's yeah. true. Like, I don't know. He seems like a nice guy, I guess. But like, uh, yeah, I mean, so what? That's the, that's the problem, right? It's like, I, I, I mean, I'm sure he doesn't give a shit what I think about him, but like, mm. I'm sure like they're all nice people and that's fine. But like... It's just, it, it feels gross to me and it doesn't feel like, it doesn't feel like art, you know, yeah. like, it feels like, it's just a product. Yeah. Like anything it, yeah, else. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They're just cranking out some, yeah. Yeah. You said Imagine Dragons earlier. There was a, there was an article recently where they, somebody was like, are they good? <laughs> like yeah. the, the headline was are imagine dragons good it depends on what good at what mm. 
That's entire. Yeah, that's exactly. That's the question. Like, they're good at what they're doing. Apparently, yes, yeah. like, yeah. they're good at making money. They're yeah. good at making other people money. Yeah. <laughs> so that which keeps them in the spotlight. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I don't want to be good at that. Right. If money happens to come from me being good at what I want to do, uh-huh. great. Right. But. But it's not going to stop you from creating yeah, music. But, you're a musician. Yeah, right? yeah, this yeah. is and just people, what you're doing. Right. And people often miss, like, mix those two things up. Like, mm. Sometimes to be successful, being good at music is like the least important part of it. Right. You know, and yeah. that's fine. I, like, I, again, I don't, I don't want to come off as like some sort of curmudgeony like oh, pop music today. Yeah, it's just not something that I'm interested in. Right. Like Taylor Swift is a. I, I will begrudgedly say that she has some good tunes. Mm-hmm. I think she's talented. Yeah. I don't think she's good at what I want to be good at. I think she's good at something else. Right. And whatever, I, I'll let people, you know, you either like it or you don't, what uh, she's good at, but she's not good at what I want to be good at. Right. You know, right. so. Well, you're on two different pages, right? Yeah. You yeah. know, you want to create music. You want to, you, you just want to create art, you know? Yeah, yeah. And maybe she does too, but she's really good at making money. Yeah, and really you good know. at, you know, image and really good at playing the game mm-hmm. and really good at, like, you know, sometimes I feel like I should have gotten an MBA instead of a music degree. Mm. You know, like, <laughs> it's, and, and also don't make any mistake, like, she comes from money. Her dad owned interest in the first record label she got signed to. And, um, you know, there's always that nepotism, too, of like... She was bankrolled? Yeah, I mean, yeah. It's... There's always, like, everybody wants that Cinderella story, but it's like, come on, it's, it's the same... Th- it's a tale as old as time. You look at any sort of, um, you know dude that's like oh how I made my first million oh yeah. your parents gave you it that's how you made <laughs> you your first million you didn't make anything yeah. you, you may have made a million after that yeah but the seed money was yeah. your parents did it <laughs> so and it's the same in you know I, I find it the same in music too oh yeah I mean like anything else I, I heard this quote that it I don't know it, it seemed to be resonating in, in other ways this guy was talking about money he was saying when you have no money, it's really hard to make some. But mm-hmm. when you have some money, it's it's easy to make more. Mm-hmm. You know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and I think that you know that applies in certain places. If you have a million dollars, you can make another million. Yes. Because yeah, yeah. you have a million for a reason. Like somebody's, somebody. I guess somebody who gave it to you, smarter than you, <laughs> at the moment knows how to make a million dollars. So they teach you how to make a million. Right. And right. Here's a million to start. Yeah. yeah. And imagine like growing up in that culture of like like my parents are like I said they were both teachers my mom was an art teacher my dad was a biology teacher and like they we lived in like a humble little life I mean they, they we, we were fine like we were like middle class when middle class was a thing yeah still like we have a nice house like we weren't like like in a trailer or anything like that mm-hmm. but like I can't imagine growing up in a family that like knew how to make money. 
Right. Like, I'm talking real money. Yeah. Like, millionaire, blah, blah, blah. So it's like, not only do you get the money, but you get the lifetime experience of growing up in that culture right. where you see business happening and like yeah. and it's like it's just like I couldn't I couldn't business steal my way out of a paper bag because <laughs> yeah. like my dad's not good at it my yeah. mom's like not even close to being good at it she's just like this sweet woman that's like okay well as long as everyone's trying their best you know it's like like, like you know we I, it, it's just it, it's also not only just like literally getting what an inheritance mm-hmm. helps you but the experience of growing up in that culture prepares you for it's like oh you yeah. know it's, it's like, like anything else it's like sports players like a lot of their family was was you know they were all they athletes come, yeah, yeah, yeah yeah like uh i don't know if you follow football but like mm-hmm. one of the best quarterbacks in the league right now is patrick mahone uh mahomes for uh the chiefs mm-hmm. and his dad was a professional baseball pitcher oh okay you know which and again i'm not like begrudging like that's cool like you know my dad was a musician I'm a musician like people follow in their family footsteps all the time but like you know it reminds me of that like um, 10,000 hours thing Mm -hmm. you know that Malcolm Gladwell it's like Mozart was a genius well no Mozart's dad made it put a violin in his hands at age five and beat him mercilessly to practice so that Michael Jackson was a genius. No, his dad was a psychopath. Yeah. <laughs> they just got their 10,000 hours in really early. Right. And so if you grow up in that environment, it's going to help you. Yeah. It is, you know? Wasn't there a story about Beethoven being like tied to the piano as a kid? I'm sure. Like I he mean, was I'm forced. Sure. I'm sure. Like all those, all those, like what we consider genius, it's like they just got their 10,000 hours in real early. Yeah. Mostly due to abusive fathers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the work was brilliant. I mean, yeah. <laughs> hey, practice pays off, I guess. <laughs> Forced practice. Forced practice. Definitely. A little like parental neglect and like <laughs> that alchemy right there. Just boom. <laughs> There's that new documentary coming out on uh, Michael Jackson. I, I want to check it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it, the more I've been reading, um, I actually think that it seems the, the the allegations seem fishier as they go on oh do they yeah uh, I, I think that's what the doc's gonna be about I think it's gonna be like he didn't molest kids mm, like he was just a kid a he was just body. kind of a weird eccentric dude and like yeah like there's a lot of fishy stuff about the parents like apparently the parents um, first of all they settled <laughs> for money yeah and it wasn't the first time they accused like another star of doing it like they they've like done it before with other people with other people like there was like some fishy stuff i mean i don't know enough about it to like have an opinion i just always heard the general story that he did it and he was a pervert and he was also a weird dude but like it seems like it's more coming out that like he might have been like wrongly accused yeah which what a what a nightmare like if that's true that's the worst thing to be accused. I mean, i'd rather be accused of murder I, 100% yeah 100 especially since if if he was falsely accused what it means is that he really did just like love children and wanted to like help them and then got a, it's like mr rogers getting accused of like yeah he's like all he um, wanted to do was bring good into the world and like he's like no you you had sex with all those kids yeah like that's a living nightmare <laughs> like oh god 
Uh, I can't even imagine. Mr. Rogers, I hope no, nothing surfaces. Nothing. Yeah, please. Like, <laughs> please <don't> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, like Mr. Rogers, me too, like the postman or like uh, the... <laughs> Or whatever, like the king in like the land of make believe, like gave him a hand job behind the scenes or something. It's like no, and it like he had his hands in them the entire yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, Tom Hanks is playing him, right? Yeah, that's right. I'm, yeah. I'm looking forward to that. He's another one that's like, I hope nothing ever comes out about. He's Tom pretty Hanks. squeaky clean. Yeah, it seems like. Yeah. Turns out it's not hard to not be a jerk. Yeah. <laughs> Like, like, hey, yeah. just don't be a piece of shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Man, just don't be a piece of shit. Yeah, it's it's not hard. I think people know how. That's why I, you know, there are the thoughts that, like, you know, people have these, like, difficult childhoods or different childhoods, and they, you know, they're raised certain ways, and they become these, you know, monsters. Like, yeah, they, yeah, yeah. They, they become, you know, rapists or harassers. And yeah, that. yeah, yeah. Um, it's like you know now, you know you're an adult now. Yeah, you know yeah. that you know that that's bad. You're hiding it. You know that it's illegal. Yeah, it's like just don't do it. It's yeah. this idea. It's it's the it's like that. It's power. You know, like yeah. what? I think I don't know. It's kind of like a chicken or the egg thing. It's like yeah. Do people like if I had? the power that say Harvey Weinstein had mm. right if I woke up tomorrow and I had his money his power I feel mm. that I fundamentally would not do that to another human being mm -hmm. so did the power but maybe that's why I'm not powerful like him yeah maybe the people who are good at getting clawing their way up to the king of the mountain mm -hmm. means that they're really good at pushing somebody else down yeah in is, any kind of way is that innate to the process of getting to where he is i mean are they all like that i i feel like it's more the exception that they're not yeah it seems that way. Yeah. You know, like we're talking about... Because like, it's Hollywood. They're creeps, right? They're notoriously creepy people. I wonder... Like, sometimes I feel like um, there's no honest way mm. to be rich and powerful. Like, you have to screw somebody somewhere. Right. And the amount of philanthropy you do is just a measure of how guilty you feel about how you got there. <laughs> yeah. You know, like yeah. like Bill Gates like screwed somebody, but he's curing malaria. You know, yeah. like so he's like trying to balance <laughs> so, it out. Right, yeah. You know it's yeah, like, pretty good. <laughs> yeah. So it's like you're trying to balance it out. You yeah. know if like, that's your apology, we'll take it. Yeah. You know? yeah, yeah. <laughs> like all right, you maybe like ripped off a patent somewhere or like a oh, copyright. Over, uh, what's his name? Steve Jobs, right? I think Isn't that the story? No, Steve Jobs and him fucked over Xerox. Oh. That's what it was. I thought Bill Gates also ripped... Maybe. Uh, yeah, maybe. Yeah, like they pushed Xerox out, right? Yeah, yeah. Because Xerox was the first... Like that, their coding, I guess, I, it was like the... the groundbreaking stuff and they kind of just lifted from yeah. them and admitted it like openly later like we are who we are because we stole from Xerox basically wow. 
Um, it's too late now. Yeah, you got but, eighty billion dollars. So yeah. But but yeah, it's like any. There's no honest way to like be in that position. Yeah. And the amount of philanthropy they do is just a measure of how guilty they feel about <laughs> it. You know. I mean, I hope that's not true. Because like <laughs> I it, hope so too. it goes in the reverse. Like uh, I think the Vanderbilt family, like whatever his name was, like the guy Vanderbilt, uh, mm-hmm. the first one. He, and correct me if I'm wrong, um, uh, he gave really nothing to charity and philanthropy. And yeah. yeah. There's no way that guy was innocent yeah. you know, yeah. of anything. Yeah. He was just probably a psycho that, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think I think uh, this world is run by sociopaths. Yeah, you, know? you have to do it. Like, there was a, there's this guy who does a podcast, uh, his name is Dan Carlin, and he does um, history podcasts mm-hmm. where he just talks endlessly about whatever subject he'll talk about the mongols he'll talk about um uh the celts uh and their like their history you know in early europe and, mm-hmm. and things like that and he he talked about american history um our greatest presidents like our favorite presidents lincoln uh obama carter you mm-hmm. know anybody and he's like so think of the greatest people you know and um, imagine them killing somebody. Mm-hmm. It's like they all, to become great presidents, they had to do some bad things. Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, he's like, if you're not willing to kill somebody, if you're not willing to, you know, bomb a, accidentally bomb a school, you are disqualified yeah. from becoming a president. Because yeah. these are things you just have to do. Right, you right, know? right, right. Yeah. right they say you know yeah yeah i mean i wonder how much you how much we we accept as rule that is really just us not knowing any better you know yeah or us just not trying hard enough yeah yes exactly (laughs) that's well said that it's like it just seems sometimes it feels lazy you know yeah but uh do you mind if we pause oh yeah go into the bathroom real quick by the way did you see bird box I didn't. Oh. Is it good? I just watched it. I was waiting for everybody to stop talking about it before I would watch it again. Yeah. Watch it. And yeah. It was good. <laughs> was it good? It was really good, yeah. actually. Yeah. I was really impressed. I'm, I'm really stoked to see uh, Border. It's this, uh, I think it's, it's, the, it's the person who wrote um, Let the Right One In. Mm. It's like Scandinavian. Uh-huh. Um, it looks so awesome. I'm a huge. Uh, this that one isn't a horror movie. It looks more like thriller, sort of. But um, I'm a huge like horror movie fan. Mm. I, um, me and my girlfriend like we love nothing more than to like. I, I'm fascinated. I think it's very telling what a society is afraid of. You know, like I I think it's a very it's a very interesting thing. And it's very interesting as the culture progresses, like what sort of horror movies get popular. Yeah. There's like this theory I was reading one time where you can predict um, what's going to be popular, either vampires or zombies, based on who's president. What? Yeah. So the theory goes as follows that um, when a Republican is president, zombie movies are popular (laughs) because everybody's scared of commercial, like, 
zombie zombies are like a, a, a an allegory for like commercialism, brainlessness, mindless yeah. sort of, and that's why like some of the best ones take place in the mall. Like the iconic one takes place in a mall. Oh right, you know, um, was it Dawn of the Dead? Uh, uh, not Dawn of the Dead. Um, um, yeah, no, you're you're right. Was that it? Dawn, Dawn yeah. of the Dead, um, and then. Um, um, and that was when like Reagan was president, blah blah blah. Uh, and then when Bill Clinton was president, <laughs> vampire movies like Interview with a Vampire, um, all those became popular because vampire movies are an allegory for drug use. Like they're all very uh, androgynous, yeah, and like they're they need blood and like it's a conflict and like they're all very glammy and like yeah like and so it's like this fear of like liberalism like sort of thing and then you know it was the same with obama that's when the twilight series was really popular interesting it's an interesting theory i mean i don't know how much truth there is to it but there is truth to the idea of like what scares us as a culture like in the 50s and 60s all those ufo alien movies was immigration we were scared of immigration and I thought it was actually aliens too because there was Roswell and there was the, like the, oh, there were a lot of sightings especially here in LA there was a big one right it, on the surface I would say that yes but I think that franticness about it oh yeah came yeah. from the I, I, I mean I don't think aliens were really visiting us so I think oh, yeah. that the hype of it came from this underlying fear of outsiders coming yeah. in you know yeah and so I Horror movies to me are so fascinating. I, I don't do this because it's a very creepy thing to do. But like if whenever my friend like like he'll be like, oh, I'm, I'm dating this new girl. Like the common question is like, well, what she, what is she like? Yeah. Like wh- what is she like and what does she like? Mm-hmm. I kind of always want to ask like, what is she afraid of? <laughs> and it's you never do that because that is creepy as fuck. No, but, you're on a list already. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like the FBI wants to know my location. Uh, but uh, but but you can curate what you like. You can't decide what you're afraid of, and I think that really yeah. speaks to what you who you are as a person on like what you're afraid of. I want to reflect on that because yeah, what are you so afraid of? Give me your top three fears. Uh, it used to be heights, drowning, mm-hmm. like fear of death. I guess like fear of like certain deaths, like drowning or being buried alive. Uh, <laughs> being yeah. lost, I think. Hmm. I hate getting lost, especially if I'm in the middle of nowhere. And I don't know. I've been in a couple of situations where I'm in a bad neighborhood and I have no idea where I am, yeah. which direction is north, because it's it's dark. I'm in an old. Uh, I'm in a different town. Yeah, yeah. Oh, fuck. I, I not knowing. I think. Not knowing. Yeah. yeah. Not knowing somebody, where I am. You, so you would say that you probably would characterize yourself as somebody who likes to have a plan likes to kind of more or less yeah, yeah. yeah. i mean yeah. i'm not i'm not a stickler for that sort of thing i make lists for work and that sort of thing yeah yeah, yeah. but um but uh yeah i like to know what's going on yeah you know? yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, i have such a bad sense of direction that i'm always lost uh-huh. like even in my hometown like <laughs> i'll still get lost like i literally i have I, I'm not joking. I have such a bad sense of direction that it was actually a source of a lot of like social anxiety for me mm. because like people, it was embarrassing. Like it it was 
literally to the point where I'd be like, how do I um, get home? And they're like, Chris, you have been here one billion times. <laughs> and I'm like, I, I know. I literally cannot put it together. Mm. Like, it's crazy. Like, they're like, okay, walk down the street and then take one left and you're back. You know, like, it'll be yeah. stuff like that. Like, and now I've just learned to accept it and just be like, hey, can't get can't can't get better at it. So. You know, it's funny. I'm I'm that way here in LA. Uh, I need the map. Yeah, yeah. I, I need it. Even though I've been here a hundred times, a thousand times, whatever. Like, I still need a map because yeah. I don't I don't live here. Yeah, yeah. You know, I just it's as simple as that. I don't know the area. I don't come here often enough to be familiar with it. Like I know this area a little bit. Right. I don't know the streets. I don't know this. If you told me to make a left on Monroe from here I don't know I have no idea where that is from here you know right 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 <laughs> yeah I mean I'm I driving before GPS's was an it was just I assumed it was just an assumption that I was always lost <laughs> would just drive around until I kind of recognized where I was and yeah. then try and piece together a way to get back you know like yeah it's crazy I once pulled over a cop to ask for directions. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I was going to the Echo for the first time in high school, and oh, uh, I went with a friend. And uh, who are we, you going to see? Uh, Jaguar Love. Uh, do you know who they are? Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> are they still around? Are they still out here? I, I don't think so. Because I, I missed the Blood Brothers. Really, like, <laughs> that dude was from Blood Brothers. Oh, um, I didn't know that. Yeah. Do you remember I, the Blood Brothers? No. I bring them up. I feel like. A, brought them up in every so, podcast that's <laughs> somehow funny. yeah they're just yeah. one of those post-hardcore bands that like really yeah. stuck with me for some reason yeah, yeah. Mm. but yeah i was like right by it too and i was like hey do you know where the i pull him over i'm like hey can i can i bug you for a second yeah. <laughs> and like he pulls up beside me and they pull up out a map too and I'm like, hey, do you know where this is? Like, and just for our listeners at home, you did the motion of literally like a book map. Oh yeah, pulling like, out a map. Like, yeah. you you opened a map right there. That was the motion that you made. Yeah. Wow, that is real yeah. old school. Because I had the MapQuest printout, but map it wasn't quite quest. right. So. Oh my god. Yeah. Pre Google Maps. Yeah. Jeez. I want to say pre Google, pre -Google. but it, it yeah. wasn't. It wasn't pre Google for sure. Google was around, but I don't think it was such a thing yet. Yeah. Pre yeah. pre uh, Facebook. Pre YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah, a bunch. Yeah. And they pulled out a map too, and they they're like, oh yeah, I guess you just. Uh, they were really cool about it too. I thought maybe I was gonna That's get in trouble. <laughs> yeah, they're yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. They're like, oh yeah, uh, flip around here, turn left or whatever. And I'm like, okay. Cool. Here I am in this strange town. Here's the Echo, this famous club. Like, what's it gonna be like? And, yeah, you know, yeah. And I'm lost. And I have that anxiety of being lost. <laughs> it's being lost. That's a that's a pretty good fear. Mm, what are yours? Fear. Um, I um have a. It, it's funny because I already went on record saying that I do not believe. And I will repeat this. I do not believe aliens are visiting us. Yeah. But I have an irrational fear of them. Oh, I'm terrified. Like, yeah, I don't believe in the, I don't believe they're visiting us either. But it I, is literally like just an irrational fear. Did you see signs? Yeah. Yeah. It was terrifying. It the shit. Yeah. It's yeah. terrifying. <laughs> I, and I think it, I, I, um, I suffer from suffer. Uh, that's such a uh, melodramatic word. But like, I, I get 
uh, sleep paralysis a oh, lot. Oh, jeez. A lot. I probably get it maybe like once a month-ish. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have since I was very young. Mm-hmm. And I feel like the fear sort of stems from that. Like this idea of like... Because it, it feels sort of like an alien abduction. It's like you can't move. Mm-hmm. You have this like feeling like somebody's coming in. I've even had the sensation of being pulled off my bed. Like being floated away and like yeah. having to like try and grab onto my girlfriend like before like this this has happened like not even that long ago like mm. in the last couple months I'll be like getting pulled off my bed you know like mm. so I think that's like definitely part of where that fear comes in and then um, I it's a real one I wasn't like this before but I now have fear of heights oh interesting it, it's something I it stemmed from about two years ago I had this very vivid dream of my sister and her husband falling, Mm -hmm. watching them fall off like this very high uh, tower. Yeah. And then it became like this recurring dream. And then all of a sudden, like now I'm terrified of heights. It's a very weird. I heard a story like that before. Yeah, it's very strange because I was never like that before. Like, so now, like, when I go up to, like, Idlewild and stuff like that, like, I'm, like, white-knuckled on the steering wheel driving up those big yeah. cliffs. And I was never like that before. I would be like, eh, whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's like, now I'm like, I, I it's like a very paralyzing fear. Like, like, there's some hikes that I wouldn't go on. Like, I went with a group of friends up to Yosemite, uh, and we were oh. doing this hike, and halfway through, I noped out of it. I was like, nope, I'm, I'm gone. I can't. I, I, I got to go back. <laughs> Meet you on your way back down. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. T- tell me how it was. Yeah. Tell me how that beautiful vista <laughs> that I'm missing out on was, because I cannot take the fact that, like, there's weird strangers around me, and, like, one bump, and I'm, like, sliding off this rock to my death. Like, yeah. No. No. Did you see the video of the guy who uh, skydived from, like, orbit? <laughs> near from like low oh, low orbit I forgot yeah, his name Bob yeah. Dutton or something and uh yeah he was carried up with by a hydrogen not hydrogen yeah no helium balloon mm. and um all the way up like as far as it could possibly go and he just jumped out of this thing in, in like this small version of a spacesuit. suit you yeah, know yeah, so yeah. it's oxygen and pressure and all that yeah. and it was like the highest jump on record yeah and you see the curvature of the earth that's crazy. And, I mean, there's almost yeah. a detachment at that point. It's like so high up that it's like, like to me, like the, when I get sweaty palms, it's like watching like urban. Have you ever watched those YouTube videos where they're like oh. hanging off buildings and stuff like that? Oh, and like such jumping from ledge to ledge. I'm like, what are you doing? I saw some guy doing like handstands on the smallest ledge that it couldn't have been meant for people. You oh, know, for sure, but it not. was there, they, like, like along the side of the building. Crazy, Ugh. yeah. And he was doing handstands on this thing, kind of a cartwheel where he's like moving around, and like I'm like, <sighs> yeah, like, and like I'm not afraid of heights now, but like when I see those videos, I just get yeah. so like I can't. I'm like put on edge straight. just thinking about it. You yeah, know? like it's like, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so what's coming up for you now? Next. Um, Are you playing any shows? Yeah, February. I was gonna say uh, February twenty second. I'm at the Hi Hat. Oh, that's part awesome. of um, the uh, that blog, Badass Fans. Mm. Do you know them? Uh, Joe, maybe. yeah, uh, really great uh, uh, blog and really great girl that runs mm. it. Um, 
big fan of Elle Bell, so therefore I'm a fan of her. No, I'm just, <laughs> yeah, yeah. no she's super nice and very supportive. And so, um, yeah, I'm going to do like a real... I'm going to try a little different of a set because this last tour was very... I created... Um, did you come to the release show at the Hi-Hat? No, I couldn't make oh, okay. it. I was so bummed. Oh, yeah. It's, it's, it's okay. Um, so the I that tour that I did was just me solo. Mm. And I did projection video mm. and literally just like sang to tracks and played like a little guitar. Oh, nice. Like yeah. I wanted it to kind of, again, like... I was listening to a lot of Kendrick. Like I wanted it to look like like a hip hop show or something. Yeah. You know, like nothing on stage, just me, a mic, yeah, like an amp and a guitar, and then like I made all these videos to the songs yeah. and stuff like that. And now with this new year and the way the record is coming out, I want to go back to like El Bell, where it's like kind of just like four dudes rocking on stage yeah. sort of thing. So that's I'm gonna try out. Uh, that sort of vibe. It's going to be like a power rock and roll set. Um, uh-oh. It's bound um, to happen. <laughs> uh, so that's on the 22nd. And then, yeah, I'm, I'm about three quarters of the way through. I mean, I'm pretty much done recording the record. It's just putting on those final like mixing yeah. nuances and figuring out how I'm going to do it. I think, I think I'm going to do split it into two EPs and that'll be released. And then... Uh, and then I have this other band um, called the Everyday Visuals that I front, um, which is more like El Bell's like a solo thing, but mm. the visuals are more like a band band. Yeah. Um, and we're finally putting out a record that we had been working on for a while. Um, Damn, you are busy. <laughs> I'm busy, man. It's that New England. <laughs> fucking... It's inspirational, man. Yeah, like, that's, yeah. that's great. Get her done, man. Yeah. <laughs> Get her done. It's Gitter done. Yeah, it's Gitter. <laughs> I hate that guy because I, I think he's funny. <laughs> All those redneck comedians, like, I don't know, for some reason. Because <laughs> like, my dad's kind of like a... My dad was born and raised in Whittier. And Is that like a rednecky? No, of, not at oh, all. It's oh. East L.A. Like, oh, okay. You know, like, yeah, and his, like, his brothers were, were kind of tough, tough guys and like... He's got this cowboy feel. He lives in Texas now. Like he listened to country music when I was growing up. He still listens to it. Whoa. He's just like a good old boy, but he's Mexican. <laughs> you know, like you wouldn't know it. You know. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, Dad, you're from Whittier. <laughs> yeah. Why are you listening to Garth Brooks so much? <laughs> That's funny. Then moving funny. to San Antonio, Texas. Oh man. <laughs> uh, but yeah, you got the show. You got the the records. Records, yeah. a bunch of records coming out, and then uh, yeah, maybe we could do this again with the with the full band. Mm, I would love to. Um, when the, when that when the record is closer to coming out, that'll probably what I think what's going to end up happening. Like I really want to put precedent on the visuals record, the everyday visuals record, because uh-huh. it's been so long and we've been working on it for a while, and we all got busy doing other things, myself included. I'm as guilty as as they are. Yeah. Um, but now with the 2019 resolution was like all right we're gonna put it out so what i want to do is like figure out when we're gonna release that and then release the elbow stuff around that okay you know and kind of like make sure that i can do it all you know mm. um awesome so, yeah how do we find you um elbellmusic.com uh the everyday visuals.com mm. uh 
I hate Facebook, so don't look me up on there. I never post. But I like Instagram, <laughs> mm. which I guess is owned by Facebook now. But um, it's okay. They're not. I don't. I don't feel like they're involved. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I like looking at pictures. I feel like people are the least obnoxious on Instagram. Oh, that's not true at all. You think people are obnoxious <laughs> on Instagram? Yeah. Oh, not people I follow anyway. <laughs> I, I can't help but see those people too. Like, oh. I, it's worse on Facebook. I'll give you that yeah. for sure. But like, yeah. Instagram is the selfie network, you know? Yeah, I guess. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Everybody's like posing and do it. I don't know. And a thousand, like, when people post a thousand stories in a oh, night. Oh, I don't really watch the stories. I'll, or... I'll watch like two. Yeah. If you have a hundred. If you have 10, I'm like, all right, no, I'm not doing this. Yeah, I, don't yeah, have, yeah. I don't have time. I, I do have the time sometimes. But like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't want to do it. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I don't have the time for this <laughs> specific thing. Yeah, like I'd rather just create my own or maybe work. <laughs> I do have to edit. You know? yeah, yeah, I have yeah. to edit some photos today. I need to get the hell off of Instagram. Yeah. You know? And Twitter. I am on Twitter, but I only, I only follow two people. And it's... Uh, the actors from Perfect Strangers, Balky and Larry. <laughs> really? Yeah, it's Mark Lynn Baker and uh, Bronson Pinshaw. <laughs> I those are the only two people I follow. Are they are they pretty uh, regular on Twitter? No, they never tweet. It's great. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. I so started, oh. I really uh, I I just get to shout into the void and like not really have to listen to anybody else. It's perfect. Oh no, they're gonna dig it up later. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like remember when, remember when El Bell's talking about <laughs> this and that? Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Imagine Dragons is gonna tweet at me. Heard what you a- on the podcast, <laughs> bad mouthing us, man. Yeah. <laughs> what do you want, bitch? Yeah. <laughs> oh, could you imagine getting into a brawl with? Some- could you imagine <laughs> Dragons? Oh God. <laughs> I totally walked into that one. Yeah, you did. You did. <laughs> well, thanks for doing this, man. Thank you, man, for having me. It was yeah. fun. Awesome. You know what? <laughs>